Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Today is Palm Sunday. It is the celebration or the anniversary of the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem as the King of Kings. That was quickly to change, which I'm going to talk to us about here for a few moments today. I'm reading from Psalm chapter 8, verse 4. This is the New International Version. If any of you are trying to follow along in your Bible, depending on what version you have, I'm using the New International Version today. And it says this, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? What is it about us that he would care about? What is mankind? You look at mankind as a whole. What a mess we are. What a mess we've made of this world. Can you say amen? What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Or human beings that you would care for them? Why does Jesus love us? What is it about you that he thinks is so awesome that he would die for you? Do you ever wonder that? I want to preach to you today this message on this Palm Sunday that I have entitled, He Paid a Debt He Did Not Owe. Let's pray together. Jesus, we ask by your Spirit that you will touch in the reigning portion of this service, anoint these lips of clay to speak these words that you've, that you've laid upon my heart, to portray them, Lord God, and to speak them the way that you revealed it to me. Help me to get that point across today, I pray in Jesus' name. Open our ears, our hearts, our understanding, our willingness to let your Spirit touch us. In the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. How about one more quick hand clap for the Lord, shall we? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> And if you're wondering why we clap our hands so much when we come to the Pentecostal church, it's because the Bible tells us to clap your hands, all ye people, and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I just feel like explaining this just for a second. I just feel like explaining. When your child gets up for their piano recital and they get done, you don't care how good or bad they did. I can guarantee you can tell who mom and dad are by who's out there clapping with all their might. Let me tell you something, Jesus is perfect in every way, and that's why every chance I get, I clap my hands. What an awesome God He is. What an awesome job He did. Praise God. If you were here last week, you heard me try the best I could to describe how great God truly is. I failed at that because... I don't know that anyone can do that job adequately and truly describe just how great God is. That sermon I preached was called The Omnipotent God, and I tried to explain what the omnipotent God would be like, and I know that I fell short, and again, it's because there's no way to truly describe Him. In fact, S.M. Lockridge of the That's My King sermon fame made this statement after he went through a bunch of descriptions of God. He finally summed it up when he said this, I wish I could describe him to you, but he's indescribable. And that's the God we serve. 
The God we serve is indescribable. And so I did my best last week. If you did not hear that sermon, it's still on Facebook or YouTube. And I encourage you to listen to that because I talked about the omnipotence of the God we serve. Jesus is the King of kings. Jesus is the Lord of lords. And he could have just sent all of humanity, all of it, from the day of Adam to whatever the last breath is breathed, he could have sent us all to hell. And he could have wiped us out, and he could have started over again with a better version. Did you hear me? He could have wiped humanity off the face of the earth and say, I'm going to try it again and do it better this time. I'm going to make a people with more resolve. I'm going to make a person with more vigor. I'm going to make a person with more love in their heart. I'm going to make a person better than this group that I just made. Because we have all failed the Lord. Every one of us has failed the Lord. But this is why I love him. Because he did not look at me and say, forget him. I'm going to start over again with somebody better. Instead, he said, I will pay his price for the redemption of his soul. And Jesus went to Calvary for me and for you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what's interesting is that he was crucified, and we are celebrating Palm Sunday where he marched into Jerusalem, but only marched into Jerusalem to be punished and put to death. And so that's why I'm talking about that today. They put him to death for no crime of his own. Pilate himself looked at him and said, I find no fault. Pilate, a Gentile, a sinner himself, looked at Jesus and brought him out and said, I'm sorry, I find no fault in this man. Let me tell you something. There is no fault in him. If God does it, it's right. If God says it, it's true. If you don't agree with it, you're wrong. He's right. Amen. But they put him to death anyway, for no crime at all. No crime that they could establish, no crime that they could accurately accuse him of. In fact, the only crime that he did and caused in their eyes was that he disrupted the religious system of the day. That was his crime. He disrupted the religious system of the day. Pilate wanted to free him because he found no fault in him. There was no fault in him except that he disrupted people's lifestyles that they wanted to live. I'm here to tell you today, if Jesus is not disrupting your lifestyle, you are serving the wrong Jesus. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and all of us need to have our lives disrupted and put back on the straight and narrow. Praise God. And when Jesus disrupts your life and brings you to the place where you realize I need to be born again, don't think it's all over. It's only just begun because Jesus needs to be allowed to continuously disrupt our lives because we have a tendency to gravitate towards sin. We have a tendency to gravitate towards what's wrong. And we need Jesus to continually disrupt our lives by bringing conviction into our hearts. Don't ever run from conviction. If Jesus doesn't continuously disrupt your life, 
you're serving the wrong Jesus. S.M. Lockridge again said this. This was many years ago. It's more true today than it was when he said it. He said, we live in a sadly sick society. Do you know that people still think they can find peace of mind in pills? They try to eat their way to ecstasy. They try to drink their way to pleasure. They try to smoke their way to settled nerves. They try to puff their way to popularity. They try to push their way to power. They try to bully their way to friendships. They try to bum their way to world peace. None of it works. Only Jesus works. He went on to say, but I know, I know where a poor man has a chance. I know where a sick man can get well. And I'm talking about spiritual sickness. Can get well. I know where an ignorant man can get wise. I know where a bad man can be made good and where a good man can be made better and a dead man can be, can be made alive. It's all in Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Now, the God I explained to you last week and talked to you about last week is a spirit. God is a spirit. We all know that God is a spirit, right? God is a spirit. In fact, 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us that the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I feel Jesus in this place today. I feel the liberty of the Holy Ghost. My friend, if you need to be set free, if you need to be broken, if you need, to be, if you need your, your life put back together, if you need your heart healed, your body touched, you're in the right place because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, spiritual liberty, physical liberty. The problem with God being a spirit is that a spirit cannot die. In fact, people don't realize this. I've heard people many times say, I want to live forever. You are going to live forever. Every one of us are going to live forever. Do you realize that? I can't promise you where. (laughs) I can't guarantee you where you'll live forever. But just because this body stops breathing doesn't mean your spirit is dead. A spirit can't die. God's spirit can't die. And the breath of life that he put in you cannot die. That's why it's important that we find Jesus and have our sins washed away. Because if this spirit is going to live forever somewhere, I want it to be in heaven. Show me what I have to do to make it to heaven. Praise God. A spirit cannot die. And yet some kind of death had to be paid for our sins. So this great, all-powerful, omnipotent God that we talked about last week decided, I will make myself one of them and die like they die. That's what I'll do. And that's what he did. He cared so much about you and me that he lowered himself. Now, there are levels of life. 
There is God, there are angels, there are us. He lowered himself, made himself a lower than the angels, the Bible said. And it became the state of his own creation so that he could redeem us and return us to our unfallen state where we could live forever with him in paradise. If you wonder why I love him and why I give my life to serve him and live for him, it is for that reason. He cared so much about me that he paid my price of death to take me out of hell and put me on heaven's shores. That's what he did for me. Someone said he paid a debt he did not owe. And I owed a debt I could not pay. I owed a debt I could not pay. And he paid that debt that he did not owe. And so that omnipotent God that I preached about last week cared so much about you and me that he lowered himself to the state of his own creation so that he could redeem us and die the death that we should die so that we could live forever with him in paradise. Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul wrote in verses 5 through 8, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, because he was God in flesh, but made himself, now he was God, manifested himself in flesh, and made himself of no reputation. He didn't come as a king on a throne somewhere. He came, in fact, he came in the lowliest of all births in a manger surrounded by animals and a few folks. He lowered himself, made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross where he paid for our sins so that we could have everlasting life. Now listen to what Romans says. It says in chapter 5, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. People have laid down their lives for others, especially in, in battles and wars. You see, you see men lay down their lives for their, for their comrades, for their friends. They will throw themselves on a grenade or stand in, the front of, uh, stand in front and take, the, take the, 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 the shells so that to protect the men behind them. But scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Scarcely. That doesn't happen all the time. Yet perhaps, this is what the Bible says, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, in other words, we were not righteous people and we were not good people, but while we were still sinners, he died for us. You got the president of the United States and his his security guard will stand in front of him to take a bullet because he's the president. Who are you? And who am I? I'm a nobody. I'm a loser. I'm a failure of life. I was lost in sin and drugs and drink and you know where I came from. And he stood in front and took the blows to protect someone like me 
And you wonder why I serve Him? You wonder why I come to church and lift my hands? You wonder why I clap and shout? You wonder why I read my Bible? You wonder why I wouldn't miss the worship service? You wonder why I wouldn't miss joining together with God's people? He gave His life for somebody of the likes of me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. But he didn't just die. I'm going to wrap this up in just a moment here. He didn't just die. Listen to this. He came purposefully and precisely at the time he did come. Do you ever wonder that? Why then? Why show up then? We know about capital punishment. Some of us believe in capital punishment. Some of us don't, whatever. Capital punishment still exists. However, in 2020, capital punishment, at least in America, is administered by lethal injection. I think for the most part, we've even, do they even still use an electric chair? Just a lethal injection. Take a shot and fall asleep. That's what happens. You take a shot and just fall asleep. I mean, it's cruel. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make light of it. But it's relatively painless. Why would Jesus not come at a time like this to give his life for us? Why would he not come here when, if they'd accused him of being the awful person that he was, that they would have put him on death row and serve him food for six months until his time's up and then give him his last meal of choice and then take him in and just give him an injection and let him fall asleep? Because sin is uglier than that. Sin demands a crucifixion. Jesus chose out of all time in all of human history, he chose to come and die for the sins of humanity at a time when crucifixion was the mode of capital punishment. Because that's how bad living outside of heaven would be for you and me if it weren't for him dying for our sins. I preached a while back, quite a while back now, I preached on crucifixion. I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of it because, and, and I don't mean to take us or make us feel really bad, but I do need to help. We do need to understand the price Jesus paid. When you die by crucifixion, you do not die um, from blood loss. One of two things puts you to death on a cross, either exhaustion or asphyxiation. Real quickly, this is what happens to a man that's crucified. According to, according to Wikipedia, crucifixion is a method of capital punishment in which the victim is tied or nailed, and in this case, in Jesus' case, he was nailed to a large wooden beam, cross beam, and he's left to hung until his eventual death comes. But this is how death comes. Just bear with me for a moment so that you can understand why I love him so much. When a person is crucified, his feet are pinned to the cross and his hands are pinned to the cross. You cannot, so you're pushing up with your legs to hold yourself up. That's how you breathe. But as your legs become weary, you start dropping down and your arms get pulled up and your lungs won't expand and you start to suffocate. 
And just about the time you are unconscious and ready to die, your body kicks into instinct mode and your legs push you back up and you gasp in life-giving air, which is the worst thing because you just want to die, but you instinctively push up and now it starts over again and you hang by your hands until your arms can't handle the weight anymore and you start to slouch back down and you start to go unconscious and then your legs push you back up instinctively and this goes on hour after you don't bleed to death. You asphyxiate after hours upon hours. Have you ever wondered why they broke the legs of the thieves to hurry their death? Because with broken legs, they couldn't push themselves back up anymore to get air. That's what hurried their death. Not the pain of a broken leg. The inability to get air. This is what Jesus did. He came at a time like that. And here we are celebrating Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday, we're celebrating the fact that he rode into Jerusalem on, 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 the, on the donkey and they hailed him as Messiah. And it sounds all wonderful. And, and, and churches are handing out palms celebrating the King of Kings has come. The King of Kings came to Jerusalem that day to die. Because the very same crowd that was hollering out, Hosanna in the highest, next week or this coming Friday, were crying out, crucify him. It's amazing how quickly people can change, isn't it? Well, let me tell you something. People can change the other way just as quickly. In a moment's time, I went from a sinner to a saint. In a moment's time, I went from lost to found. In a moment's time, I went from on my way to hell to on my way to heaven just like that. Praise God. Praise God. So that's really what Palm Sunday is all about. Last week I talked about the omnipotent God. This great God became this man to do this. Next Sunday we're going to talk about his resurrection. They thought they killed him. Oh, you don't kill God. (laughs) You will never stop God from chasing after you. Give in, my friend. Give in. Let him disrupt your life. Let him change your ways. Let him change your thoughts. Let him change your mind. He's going to get you sooner or later. Songwriter wrote and said this. Tell me if this isn't your words and your song. I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away to that hill. When a voice was he- from heaven was heard that said... Let him go. Take me instead. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on that cross in disgrace. But Jesus, thank God, took my place. That crown of thorns and that spear in his side and that pain, it should have all been mine. Those rusty nails were meant just for me. But Jesus took them and let me go free. You wonder why I love him? Because I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on that cross in disgrace. But Jesus, thank God, took my place.
And so on that day, they cried out, Hosanna in the highest, only to change their tune to crucify him. I want to do just the opposite. I want to come from that lost sinner that didn't care one iota about Jesus or the things of God or church attendance or anything to do with it. I want to go from that side of things to this side where I'm crying out, Hosanna in the highest. They went from Hosanna in the highest to that. I want to go from that to Hosanna in the highest. Can you say amen? Because he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you and me. One last verse and then I close. Hebrews chapter 12 and 2 tells us to do this. Look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what joy, what did he get out of Calvary that he didn't have before Calvary? He was the Lord of heaven and earth before Calvary. He owned the cattle on a thousand hills before Calvary. The earth was the Lord's and the fullness thereof already before Calvary. What did he gain by going to Calvary? You, 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 me, the cattle on a thousand hills wasn't enough. The earth and the, and the fullness thereof wasn't enough. He wanted you, and he was willing to pay the price he paid to purchase you. He has purchased my salvation. And if you wonder why I love him, why I'll serve him, why I'll do anything for him, it's because nobody ever loved me like Jesus loves me. That's why I love him. And if you want to surrender your life to him and say, Thank you for loving me, I want to love you back, this altar is open. And I say, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and for making me whole. Come, stand before your master and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.